Hello, lifers. This is Heather Drew, and this is the Life in the Whirlwind podcast. Today is episode number 40, and this episode is called The Suck It Up Paradox. Uh, I will give you a little warning. You will hear some city sounds in the background because I have my window open, and we are recording near a window, <laughs> and I live in the city, and there's a dog barking that will not stop barking. Okay, let's talk. I am wiped out. I am tired. It just feels like that time of year. Uh, I am teaching a class right now. I'll be teaching a second class. Uh, in a few weeks and I am tired. Back to school time is tiring and uh, end of summer is tiring, right? And um, I know some of you who are out there listening to this are going through a lot of changes and lots of difficult, tiring experiences. So I would like to speak to that today. When people are exhausted, there tends to be less space between our emotions and our responses. So um, Victor Frankl, who is, he wrote a famous book, he's a Holocaust survivor. Um, he wrote a book called Man's Search for Meaning. It's a very good book if you've never read it. It's a classic. But uh, one of the things that he says in that book is that, you know, emotional agility comes from having space between our emotions and our responses. But when we, were, when we are under pressure and when we are under duress, there is little to no space between our emotions and our responses. But this obviously takes on unique forms for all of us. Everybody's different, and how this manifests itself is obviously really unique to you, probably. So today, I kind of want to talk about the suck-it-up approach to this, the suck-it-up response. So what do I mean? I think we all know what I mean by this, right? It's this, um, don't let your emotion show, suck it up, move on. Um, don't feel, don't let it in, don't let it out, these kinds of things, sort of uh, suppression, right? Suppression of emotion. And, okay, for the record, the, the caveat to all of this is that there is always going to be a healthy version of suppression of emotion, and there's going to be some useful uh, modes of what I'm about to describe throughout this episode. So keep in mind, I'm talking about the kind that will not serve us ultimately. And I'll tell you why <laughs> in a little bit, but think about this. I want you to think through a different why for a second. I want you to think through a time when you were going through a lot or you felt pressure and maybe that is now. Um, maybe you just felt a lot of pressure to perform or you had, you know, my famous line is, I have more to do than I have hours to do it. And so um, 
there are different responses to this. Some people just, you know, numb out. And we're going to talk about that in just a moment. But I want you to think about why we suck it up. I want you to think about a time when you were thinking to yourself, I just need to suck this up. I can't let it in. I can't let it out. I can't talk about this. I can't entertain it. I can't, you know, give it space. This extreme emotion, this feeling of overwhelm. I can't let it in or out. I just have to suck it up. I want you to think about why you did that for just a second. This is, I can't, I can't create a long enough pause without you thinking that I stopped recording um, to think about this. But I want you to think about this sometime. Maybe you think about it after this podcast episode. Maybe you think about it after you listen to this. But I want you to think about it nonetheless. Why do we suck it up when we suck it up? I'm going to propose... A one reasoning why I think suck it up mentality is a problem. <laughs> because here's the thing, and my dear, lovely, wise friend Kelly Martin, um, we were taking a walk the other day and she said this, and it's genius. When we suck it up, where does it go? Where does it go? It's a really, really good question. Um, my therapist often says, you know, when we suck it up, we're not letting ourselves process history that is not even history yet. So, uh, you know, sucking it up means hiding it. Sucking it up means pretending that it's not happening. Uh, it's suppressing. It's hiding. It's shoving. It's containing. But the problem is, think about all this. All these, all these verbs, shoving, suppressing, containing, it all means it has to go somewhere. It does have to go somewhere. It has to. How many of you who are listening to this right now can think of a time when you were incredibly stressed out and you snapped at the weirdest stuff? I think I've said this before on, this epi on these episodes where this is, I am a culprit of this. Like I, you know, when I'm, I have too much to do and not enough time to do it. The littlest things just trip me up and get me totally angry. Um, like <laughs> here's an example. This is a perfect example. Um, the last time I was feeling this way where I was like, I was feeling really stretched out and not able to cope well. I went to clean my windshield and there was no windshield fluid. I'm laughing because looking back on this, it's quite hilarious. But at the time, it was so not funny. I went to spray my windshield and there's no windshield fluid. And I lost it. I mean, I, I literally, I totally lost it. That is not reasonable. Like that's not a, you know, that's not something I typically lose it over unless... It's a symptom that I am strung out thin on stress and I don't have margin and I'm trying to suck it up. So 
I want you to think through that question. When I suck it up, where does it go? And is that actually serving me or not? And my loved ones, is it actually serving my loved ones? There's no perfect scenario. This is hard. What do we do with this? I don't have an answer, but I can tell you that sucking it up, there's a reason I'm, I labeled this episode, I named this episode the suck it up paradox. Because a paradox is something that not only counterintuits itself, but is against logic. It's not, it's a fallacy. There is no suck it up because when you suck it up, it just goes in. It stays in and it comes out in really strange and hurtful ways sometimes. So here's my proposition to you. I think the best way to develop resilience and capability, you know, the sort of capability to be in the world in the midst of stress. So we're talking, you know, this, this is called life in the whirlwind, right? And I remember several episodes back, um, Phil, my friend Phil Monroe interviewed me and said something like, you know, isn't this a sort of oxymoron life in the whirlwind? But here's the thing is I think we develop a resilience and the capability to be in the world as it is, which means feeling all of the weather and not as we wish it to be, right? It's like the weather is not what we want. We want to feel calm and we want to feel, we want to see a beautiful sunrise and we want to feel a gentle breeze and cool air and we want all things to be well in the world. But the way to develop resilience and capability to be in the world as it is, not the way we wish it would be, is to be with and be present to all different kinds of emotions that we have and to be present and name the pressures that are applied to us and to develop through that being with to develop a competence and a sort of comfort level with these different kinds of weather and when i say a comfort level and a competence Please understand that I don't mean that these things are okay or good or that they will serve you in the long run. I want you to consider the nuance of that for yourself. I want you to consider that pain and distress and, uh, you know, this loss of connection with yourself perhaps is a prompt to consider is this the thing that is serving me the best in my life is this the thing that is leading me into deeper wholeness and uh, so consider that this is obviously a balancing act consider that these pressures are prompting you to pay attention to what you 
may need to uh, remove yourself from or what you may need to relieve yourself of or release. And also, it's an invitation to become familiar with difficult emotions and difficult tensions and to not see them as enemies and to not see them as, uh, to not see yourself as incapable in the midst of these difficult things and this weather, right? Certain narratives kick in, um, when we go through distress, am I right? So why the suck it up mentality is a paradox, why it counters itself and defies logic is that denying certain emotions just because they make us very uncomfortable or denying, um, certain experiences, sort of shoving them into a box in deep inside, you know, shove them down, swallow them whole, um, putting them far away as it were, quote unquote, far away. We think they're far away, but they're really close, actually. Uh, That's the point. That's the paradox, is that denying these things actually makes us less able to tolerate them. And where do they go? They stay inside of us. And what do we do? We become less tolerant of them. And I think it actually increases the feeling that these things are problematic, because we're not familiar with how to bounce back. We're not familiar with how to um, be the mountain in the midst of them because we're never practicing. Right? Am I right? So um, here's something that I thought of the other day. And I can't say this is fully original, but I did think through, I was actually reading some research (laughs) like a true nerd, I was reading some research on this concept called emotional agility. There's a very good book by a woman, a psychologist, an emotions psychologist. She's South African. Uh, Her name is Susan David, and the book is called Emotional Agility. So I've been reading this book, and I've been uh, thinking through this concept because I'm teaching on this subject uh, this semester at my school. And um, one of the things that I've been reading in this, all of this research I've been reading, is that the best way to make something feel boring is to expose yourself to it and not give an audience to the narrative of negativity. So, uh, not giving a narrative of, uh oh, this is problematic. I can't do this. Whenever you say the word, I can't, whenever you say that phrase, pay attention because that is a very specific narrative of scarcity, of not enoughness, and it's definitely not true. Um, do you want to do it? Maybe not. And I highly encourage you to think through that specific question very carefully for yourself. Do I want to do this? Is this worth it? Is this worth the cost that I am expending versus the benefit that I am receiving? That is your decision. And I highly recommend you weigh that very carefully. However, 
if you can sit with something and expose yourself to it, these difficult experiences, these difficult emotions, and have this other narrative, right? This narrative that we've talked about since episode four of this podcast, I can do this. I am the mountain. I am unshakable. Because I observe this, it means I am bigger than it. And it does not have as much power over me as I have over it. I have a friend who's a psychologist, and she says oftentimes, never underestimate the power of meh. (laughs) And I I say this a lot to clients of mine and students of mine, and I actually received a present from someone, a mug that says, meh. (laughs) Because I think that's really true. It's kind of like you put this thing as close as possible. You put this experience as close as possible to you and you say, so what? Go ahead, give it your best shot. You're not going to get me. You're not going to get my goat. You're not going to take me from myself. You're not going to change me. You're not going to steal away who I am, my true identity. That is hard work and it takes a lot of practice and it takes a lot of attention, which oftentimes is hard to find when you are exhausted, right? So I'm not suggesting that you get complete control and power over all of this uh, and to sort of look it in the eye and just feel you're strong, you know, and just like kind of stare it down and like grit your teeth. But here's what I can say. Here's the one thing that is available to you that is right in front of you. Let me, before I actually, I'm going to, save it for the end here. Um, here's the opposite of what I'm going to propose. So, uh, in this research that I've been reading, so this, this suck it up mentality, this sort of avoidance mentality, um, there's this phenomenon in psychology called amplification. And, uh, research shows that if you Uh, In these research groups, in these testing groups, they asked people uh, to prohibit certain emotions that they were having. So they had to bottle up certain feelings. They were not allowed to feel them. And then they were, I forget what they did during this research project, you know, during this research time, but basically they were... I forget they were listening to a lecture or they were trying to do something else. They were trying to multi, you know, they were trying to do a different task while not being allowed to feel the emotion that they identified, like a negative thing or something, a prohibited emotion, a bottled up feeling. Uh, And every time they noticed that they felt this feeling that they were not allowed to have, they had to make a check mark on a, on a piece of paper consistently so uh the range was about 
uh, or up to, I think was the, I think the max was 40 times per minute. These people were having, were experiencing or, uh, you know, experiencing the, um, interruption or the intrusion of these quote unquote prohibited emotions or bottled up feelings. 40 times per minute they were experiencing these things that were prohibited. Like, nope, I'm not allowed to feel this. And it made it happen 40 times per minute or so. And here's the second thing that they noticed in this research study is that the thing that they were trying to do instead, the thing that they were attempting to accomplish instead while they were prohibiting this emotion, they weren't able to do very well. They had limited resources, uh, you know, cognitive resources. Um, they were unable to focus. They, they were distracted. They, um, weren't able to accomplish majority of what they were being asked to do. Let this research wash over you. When you are having a feeling that you have decided that you need to suck up because it's not allowed or it's not, you know, it's a prohibited feeling. Either you are prohibiting it or someone else is, or you are telling yourself that you need to bottle it up or somebody else is. You are at risk of experiencing this emotion many more times simply because it is prohibited. And you are operating with limited cognitive resources and probably more than cognitive, probably emotional and spiritual resources and physical resources. Like you're just, you're operating at a small percentage of your actual capacity. So how do we bottle these things up? What are the things that we do? Not only do we just say like, no, 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 you're not allowed and keep your, try to keep yourself busy. What else do we do? These are the common things I thought of. These are like the top three, I think that I have heard people, my friends, clients, students, uh, myself, family members, neighbors, whatever my like sort of very unofficial quantitative research, um, is this, is that people put in their earphones they drown out the thoughts with noise. That's one thing. Um, I really, really hope this podcast is not an example of how you avoid the kinds of things that are trying to get your attention. In fact, that's pretty much why I do what I do. I'm trying to bring your attention to things that are kind of uncomfortable. Sorry, not really. Um, so the other thing that people do, they put in their, okay, so they put in their earphones, they use noise to sort of drown things out, the thoughts out. The other thing that they do is they entertain themselves with Netflix or Amazon or television or movies, whatever that is, right? Um, do you DVR tons of episodes of shows or do you have Netflix subscription and you, when you're feeling taxed and overwhelmed, do you come home and watch hours and hours of television? 
And then the third thing is just pure distraction, like just pushing it out of your head. Like, okay, here's my, here's my admission. And this is kind of a, a, a well-adapted <laughs> mechanism. I clean my house when I'm not doing well. So if my house is really clean, it means I'm not really doing well. If my house is messy, it means I'm actually emotionally doing pretty well (laughs) because I have two children and they're very messy and I don't always have time to clean up Uh, and we don't have a cleaning lady. So if you really, really appreciate this podcast and want to make a donation to the Clean the Drew's House project, cleaning lady project, that would be lovely. (laughs) Feel free to send donations my way. I'm just kidding, but no, I'm, I'm, I mean, if you really want to do that, that's great. So anyway, all that to say, I digress. Um, all that to say, how do you bottle these emotions that you feel are unwelcome to you? Uh, here's, here's the other thing that I want to say, listening to earphones, listening to podcasts, listening to noise, Netflix, TV, movies, distraction, cleaning your house. Like I said, these things are actually not, they're really not bad things at all. Uh, just like everything else, there's no binary statements being made here. Like Netflix, bad silence. Good. You know, it's like everything in moderation, obviously, and everything has its right place. However, the hardest question to ask probably is where is the line between my self care and my tendency to avoid the things that are waiting for me and asking for my attention. Hard one, right? Whatever is happening for you before you put in your headphones and listen to podcasts or music or whatever happens before you turn on the Netflix, all I ask is consider that you might need to give a little bit of attention and some loving to those things that are happening for you before, just before you put in your headphones or turn on Netflix or turn on the television. Because if you don't give some attention and some loving to those things, they will eat you alive silently and they take no prisoners they have no mercy those things have no mercy when you bury things you bury them alive they rot and decay under the surface and they come back for you with zombie of vengeance so pay attention just Give them some time. Okay, ready? Here's the invitation. Um, this A lot of this stuff is from one of my own spiritual teachers. So be that. If you've heard this before, it's not fully original. Again, um, a lot of this is just like a piecemeal of, of various things I, I collect and consider. Here's the first thing. Here's the first part of it. This is a long invitation. This is a whole page on my piece of paper here. (laughs) One is, what has you in its grip right now? What is it that you want to run and hide from? What's the thing? Or the person or the experience or the feeling? Two, 
what is the nature of your stuckness? And can you name it? Can you say, this is the part of this that makes me feel stuck? Here is why it is hard. This is the hardest part. Um, today, this hour, this week, whatever it is. And then share it with somebody. Share it with somebody who you can trust will carry the burden with you so that you're not just walking around burying these suckers uh, and sucking it up. Number three, consider this. Have I ever felt this before? Have I ever been here before? Have I ever um, been gotten by this particular kind of thing before and gotten stuck in this kind of thing before? If yes, how did you move through it last time? What were the steps of moving through it? What did you do? What helped? What made it harder? Who did you go to? Who did you talk with? What was useful? What served you in emerging through and moving through and honoring your process? And if you have not been here before, what do you notice about yourself now here in this very place? And are you able to bear witness to how you are moving through it now? What is helping? What's making it harder? Who are you telling? Why are you not telling if you're not? That kind of thing. What are you telling yourself? What are the narratives that are going through your mind? Um, and will you show yourself some kindness? And will you have confidence in yourself uh, that you, A, don't necessarily have to do this all alone, B, don't have to do it at all, or C, maybe you want to do this and you've got it. You can do it. I don't know. You have to decide what that, if, which one of those is true for you at this very juncture. Okay, so that's number three. Number four, remember, here, here, here's like the, here's a really, really, really important part. And this is a shout out to my mom and stepdad who say this all the time. You can only connect dots backward. Your only job right now is to make dots and decide which dots you want to make. Just do the next thing that's right in front of you and decide if you are tired of making these kinds of dots and if you want to make different kinds of dots. Your job is not to connect the dots now. You will connect them when it is time. That's number four. Number five, final, final point here, final point of the invitation. This, trust yourself that if you are open to it, this will lead to greater wisdom to greater substance, uh, this not sucking it up, this sort of allowing things and bearing witness to them in moderation. Because your life is speaking to you and wisdom is speaking to you. If you don't believe me, read the book of Proverbs. Your life is speaking to you. I've been saying this to my, my class recent, recently, you know, this 
during this course that I'm teaching, the bush is always burning. Are you listening? Your life is always speaking. Are you listening? What is it saying? And write it down, pay attention, bear witness to it. It's important stuff. Okay, so there's the invitation. That's a lot. That is a lot to be invited to do. And I believe in you, my friends. I trust you to make these wise choices for yourself and to love yourself ever so kindly and to not confuse self-care with avoidance. To not confuse those two things and get yourself all tripped up and messed up and wear yourself down to a nub. Don't let it get to that place. Uh, reach out and pay attention and let others help you and love you, please. Don't be afraid to confess what you need. <laughs> okay, here I want to read to you the blessing today. This blessing is from Henry Nowen, our good old friend. This is from his book, Bread for the Journey. Patience asks us to live the moment that we are in to the fullest, to be completely present to this moment, to taste the here and now, to be where we are. Because when we are impatient, we try to get away from where we are. We behave as if the real thing will happen tomorrow, later, and somewhere else. Let's be patient and trust that the treasure we look for is hidden in the ground on which we stand. So my friends, my blessing to you this week is to know and recognize that you are standing on buried treasure. Majority of that is your true self. It's you. What are these moments pointing to you? Pointing to what are they pointing you to? bear witness to in yourself and how can you be a more connected truly alive person because of these experiences don't be afraid to bear bear them and see them and uh, ask for help you are beloved take really good care of yourselves this week and please take my invitation seriously take good care of yourselves I'll see you next week. Everywhere that I go, everywhere that I be, if you were not surrounding me with your energy, I don't want to be there, don't want to be anywhere, any place that I can feel you. I just want to be near you And yes, I'm a mess But I'm blessed to be stuck with you Sometimes it gets unhealthy We can't be by ourselves We will always need each other Yes, I'm a mess But I'm blessed to be stuck with you I just want you to know that if I could, I swear I'd go back Make everything all better, ooh.
you say It's the way that you pray Pray on my insecurities I know you're feeling me I know sometimes I do wrong But hear the words of this song When I go I don't stay gone for long I know what's going on And yes, I'm a mess, but I'm blessed to be stuck with you Sometimes it gets unhealthy We can't be by ourselves We will always need each other And yes, I'm a mess, but I'm blessed to be stuck with you I just want you to know that If I could, I swear I'd go back Everything all better And I'm coming back home to you And I'm coming back home to you I'm coming back home I'm coming back home to you I'm coming back home I'm coming back home with you sometimes it gets unhealthy we can't be by ourselves we will always need each other and yes i'm a mess but i'm blessed to be stuck with you i just want you to know that if i could i swear i'd go back make everything all better Ooh. 